Gaming on the Frontier. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of finding out that someone else has been doing your job, which would be fine, except you're not getting paid for it. They're getting paid? What's even worse is they're doing it better than you. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are talking about Bureau 13 and all the other hunter groups that are out there that, uh... The Bureau uh, doesn't seem to have a strict policy on. Okay. All right. So number five, of course, is the one that uh, we've been talking about within the last five years, which is Shadowworks. Oh, yes. Essentially the non-Bureau Bureau. Oh, no. They're all Bureau. It's just we don't ally ourselves with the supernatural. What are you doing having vampires and elves here? It takes mankind, tech, and we'll use a little bit of psi. We don't need that supernatural here. Yeah. Right. Well, Keep your peanut butter out of my re- chocolate. Yeah, they're not <laughs> recruiting. They're not, they're not trying to recruit directly from the Bureau, at least not anymore, ever since the massacre of 77. They're now out doing the same recruiting thing. You know, they're doing their own investigation, you know, uh, yeah. with, with different results to a lot of the investigations. Yeah. But, you know, they're also bringing people into the fold for that, you know. And of course, they're going to radicalize them as much as possible. Yep. But, of course, Vero is radicalizing people, too. Yeah, uh, kind of hard to paint a villainous, you know, coat of paint on the Shadow Works and the Bureau will often, oh, wait, what, you, you said you want to have a tax audit? Yeah, you want this planet in your computer? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see. I never liked that method. You know, it's right there in the book. It's been always in the book. But I'm just saying, I've never liked that as a as a reason for you know people to join. You know, I mean, it's it's you know you 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 know you run you know you run into your first werewolf. Okay, and, and you know you're like, okay, fine, I'll take the tax on it. You know, that's no motivation. <laughs> I think, honestly, a better motivation would be, I'll just stay out of the loony bin, thank you. Okay, but Shadowworks, uh, for those of you who are not, uh, haven't been, uh, haven't read the latest edition of uh, Bureau 13 or listened to the podcast, uh, in uh, 1977, they had this thing called the the Massacre, where uh, over 90% of the Bureau agents either died or went into hiding. But as it turns out, that a large portion of those people that supposedly died or went into hiding were, in fact, a, a, a subset of the agency that basically were rebelling. It was a civil war, rebelling against the idea of using the supernatural to fight the supernatural. Yeah. They, 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 it, was, it was basically a culture war. Yeah. And, uh, and they basically said, you know, enough is enough. Uh, I don't know what triggered it. Uh, but anyways... Uh, they they broke you know and I, I I ran this by Richard Toholka and he said yeah that makes perfect sense so uh, it's 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 unofficial official canon 
that that's what caused the actual massacre. So, and I and I so, and I still love it that you and I sort of came up with it separately, and then we compared notes. And said, oh my God, we came up with the same damn idea. <laughs> And just, yeah, it just, I, I came up with something like that, and then you told me, I'm like, holy crap, except for, like, one differing little factor, it's the same thing. Yeah, great. GMTA, yeah. But no, I've, I've used them in the campaign, and yeah, Shadow Works can be nasty. They will, you know, holding out their one hand by holding a knife behind them in the other, yeah. And because they know everything the Bureau knows, yeah, they... yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the way I always blamed them was that um, that if you were a human, they tried not to kill you. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. If you, if you were finding yourself at, all, you know, at odds with them, you know. But if you were a supernatural creature, and by that, that includes people who cast spells. Oh, uh, yeah. And so, no, you're done. Then uh, they, if they could, they, they'd off you because you're the enemy. Yeah. If you're not the enemy now, you're going to become the enemy. It's just a matter of time. Or what's that thing? You to... you either die the hero or live long enough to become the villain. Yeah, yeah. Right. You nip it in the yeah. butt. But no, no. That was that was the thing with the shadow works is that they didn't want spellcasters. They didn't want you know oh elves, vampire, you know redeemed vampires, werewolves, you know aliens. None of that. They just it was normal tech, high tech. And Psy, because Psy is an evolutionary trait. Humans are eventually going to get it. So they allowed Psy. Anything else? No. They, zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. And just... And, and a number yeah. of people accuse JP of being part of them. And uh, and, and and there's a number, you know, and uh, they made a, a big point uh, that uh, later on, that uh, JP was not a member of the Shadow Works. Oh, well, concern, oh no, concern how he wiped out 50 people to save a team of five. Oh no, I could see where many people would think that, yeah. 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 Anyways, uh, his devotion to the Bureau, even though he's essentially been out, uh, uh, I mean, if you, read, if you read the Pilates novels, he's like, uh, still in. But uh, if you read uh, all the editions, the Bureau has always placed him as an outsider who was allied you know, uh, with the Bureau's aims. I always saw it as that the Bureau was just afraid to give him orders. And that's that's also <laughs> in the book. The, you know, the, he says, you know, the Bureau, uh, the, uh, the, some people think the Bureau's afraid of J.P. Withers. They would be correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's in the text. What, what was it that you said about him, Bruce? Something about how he sees reality? Oh, hyper, yeah, hyper-reality. He basically sees everything... As it really so is. true seeing always on. Got it. Always past on, illusions, yeah. past disguises. Yeah, yeah. He's he's also dimensionally anchored, which means that you know he can't you know you you you, you basically you know can't get rid of it. Yeah, there's no ultimately. So he's shunting him to another. He's not, but he's not immortal. Uh, they they turned him into a ghost in the Pilata novels, but he you know he's not immortal. But he's you know, when when somebody can see you see everything as it truly is, it's really hard to get the drop on. Yeah, you. yeah. You no, know, and he, sometimes he sees things ahead, you know, ahead because of that. So a bit of precognition know. as well. Oh, okay. Well, just the fact of you know, just, you know, like the same level of um, physical uh, uh, observation of let's say somebody you know, like the the leg the legendary um, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. 
All right. Or other people like that to basically see things that other people don't see because they see everything and then they find all they they put it all Got together. It. The ultimate okay. pattern But seekers. that also means that but it's also it's also why he's insane. Because <laughs> because he has seen way too much. Yeah. Yeah, he's seen and seen. But anyways, that's you know, the JP's fun because you ba- the GM can basically do with JP whatever they want to do, you know, and it's okay. Yeah, JP's a deus es machina, folks. In other words, he is a yeah. plot device. He's one of those, if you can't stat him, you can't kill him. Yeah. Right, right. Anyways, uh, okay. So, but the Shadow Works uh, is, uh, should probably be considered to be as powerful as the Bureau. Oh, yeah. And it is one of the reasons why... And the bureau hasn't gone to war with them. Is be just like they haven't gone to really haven't gone to war with uh, Brotherhood of Darkness is because it would just be a bloodbath, a three way bloodbath. So oh yeah, you know, and they'd end up outing every every all three of them would be outed. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying is that it would it would it would be a very uh, you know everybody dies. You die. Uh, we die. Everybody dies as a result. They just, yeah. That's, so it's, it's essentially, there's a cold war going on and uh, occasionally, you know, uh, uh, you know, groups will run into each other uh, because if the Bureau runs into a group of the Brotherhood of Darkness, a coldest tried to do something in a town, they'll take them on, but they won't go, but they won't go against Matthias directly because first of all, he hides Puts his headquarters, you know, surrounded by you know orphanages and th- hospitals and yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, uh, the Shadowworks doesn't do that, but they also have a tendency to uh, they have a tendency to go, do do things the bureau would not normally do. Okay, but uh, I, I don't want to. You know, it's just everybody has to basically define them their own way because yeah. they intentionally left them as being you know. But we just wanted to say that they are a very powerful group. And so if you use them, you should play them that way. Yeah. And it's very common for them to walk up and say, I know who you are. You're so-and-so. You grew up in this town. You did whatever. You know, now you're working with the Bureau. And they're all like, how do you know all this? Question is, why do I know all this? And then turn around and walk away. Yeah. Says, maybe you should leave town. This town ain't big enough for the balls of us here. It's see? more like yeah, little 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 boy or girl. You aren't ready for what's in this town. Yeah, leave now while you still can. Let the big boys take care of it. Let the professionals. Yeah. take care of it. Yeah. Go back home and play with your Ouija board. Yeah. I, oh, you're, yeah. I, always, I always treat them as if they were like you know super snotty you know know it alls who were you know who who were always this you know the superior. You know, in everything. You know? Oh no! When I when I was running the Bureau Thirteen Black Powder game again, what Bruce called gnomes in space, because that's what it ended up turning into. Oh no! I played quote unquote the San Francisco based team Team Tomorrow with air quotes as just jerks. Oh, you have an enchanted sword. Well, that's fine. I merely yeah, it's a folded Japanese design. It's just I don't have to rely on you know one of those ghosts to help you. And, of course, saying this to the female samurai of the group played by Carrie. And, oh, that's nice. You have these bullets there, Bart. Yeah, our guy uses this powder mixture at this ratio for, you know, better entry and exit wounds for when we come up against werewolves out in the desert. But yours are okay. Oh, no, I was just playing Team Tomorrow 
which I basically put in my Bureau canon as the very early version of the Shadow Works, and their machinations would come up like a century later, and in my campaign actually helped foster the massacre. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I was just playing them as my players hated, oh yeah, you see Team Tomorrow, and they're just like, oh, Trav, you jerk. you know, Because they knew what was coming. Me just playing five characters is just <clears throat> ranging... Rectal orifices, we will put it, yeah. And so, yeah, it just, no, if you're going to play the Shadow Works, yeah, it, we recommend just, they, they are jerks who, they act like they know everything the, about the, you. The rich kid's do. trying to shut down the summer camp in the 80s movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, we we, you know, we come from the elite school, you guys want to, you, 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 uh, uh, what is it? Uh, you, you urban, you urban high school kids have no business being out here. Oh no, I'm going to throw something that you'll know I'm from this area. Yeah, you're from the south side of Eight Mile. We're from Cranbrook. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. All right, I'm sure that burns somebody. All right. <laughs> Me be malicious. <laughs> yeah. All Anyways, right. uh, okay. So uh, the next one are groups funded by Joshua Knight. Okay, I'm going to um, ask who? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, 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 Jonathan, do you know who jo uh, Joshua Knight is? I remember the name. I'm trying to remember. He's not the senator. No. He's not one the of the. He's not one of yeah. the ones working for the senator, though, is he? No, he's not. Okay. Okay. Uh, Joshua. Um, uh, uh, Outpost Games that produced three Bureau ah. 13 supplements back in the 90s. Okay, and okay. that'd be where I remember uh, the name from. Right, and specifically the Stalking the Steel City supplement uh, introduced a character who was a industrialist who lived in Pittsburgh ah. by the name of Joshua Knight. Uh, and as the, uh, the as the story adventure went, they went the the agents uh, uh, the Bureau Thirteen team went there because there was this super powerful uh, creature that was killing people. Like a wild animal, like an escape. Oh, I remember who this or is something now. like that. Yeah. But it was too smart, you know, to, and too aggressive to be uh, uh, like an escape gorilla, unless that escape gorilla or you know, a super big orangutan had gotten some you know human genome in it, so that it was smarter. Anyways, the point was, it turns out that Joshua Knight is what is is a biological vampire, meaning that he is alive, but he has many of the vamp. Uh, uh, vampiric powers, including immortality, including uh, super strength, and other things like that. And uh, but you know, and he uh, researches his own condition uh, to try to understand it better. And somebody managed to break into his secret laboratory, get some of his samples, thinking they were designed for drugs, and tried them out, and turned into the Pittsburgh Ripper. Okay, so you have this billionaire. I mean, think of Jeff Bezos. All right, this level, of, this billionaire industrialist who concentrates on biological businesses. All right, and who's engaging in all kinds of research of human biology himself, cryptid biology. So he's going to fund groups that serve his purposes. So. You know, so, you know, the exterminators, you know, if they collect stuff, cryptid, certainly cryptid hunters, because he's, he would all, he'd be very interested in genomes of creatures that uh, are considered to be, you know, extinct. 
and things like that. So um, yeah, he he basically funds other groups. Uh, he also funds alien uh, invest uh, um, uh, UFO investigation groups because you you can't get better stuff than aliens, right? I mean, here's a here's a genome that doesn't even exist on Earth. All right, so using that for his research, who knows what he could come up with? The bureau had a long running feud with him, a lot of death on both sides. Unfortunately, since he's he's kind of immortal, he keeps coming back. Finally, uh, the, in, in, at least in my campaign, basically we, we came to a live and let live uh, after like the third or fourth time they killed him, uh, but he still came back. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, and he said, look, you know, um, I'm, uh, uh, I know we have, we've had problems in the past. I know that we've, there's a lot of acrimony between you and, and your agency and me, but I want you to understand that after the last time, I really don't remember it. Uh, I had these journals that explain all the stuff that I've done before, but I don't really remember the actual events. So I don't really feel the need to get over on you guys anymore. Can we like put a stop to this? You know, can we just like live and let live? And the Bureau thought about it for a while and said, well, you know, you know, it, under the right circumstances, he could be a, a, a he could be a resource for the bureau, but he's got you know he's going to have to we're going to have to make an agreement that basically says you know you don't you know make the mistake you did with the Pittsburgh Ripper. So, but anyways, yeah. but he's out, but he's actively spending money to promote these groups, you know, and fund them, you know, be an angel to them so that they can go out and do the work that he wants them to do. So yeah, going down to South America uh, and finding spider venom and other things like that. Sure, he's 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 helping that out, you know. Uh, 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 aquatic stuff, you know, all under the guise of various foundations that he puts together, you know, for the preservation of the of the earthly genome, you know. Uh, 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 all he has all the the good PR, ah. it, you know. So I mean he and but he takes that information and uh and he uses it in his research and nobody knows what he's doing with that that information. So you know it, it's 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 a really um uh, it's it's a wonderful wellstone for uh, GMs to go and say you know hey uh, so and so when they went out to find, you know, to following up some leads that he gave them, you know, through various proxies, they run across something and they get infected with something or they, you know, uh, find a, a, an alien baby, you know, and in, and then the process of trying to bring, you know, the biological sample back, things happen. So, in other words, he, he, he instigates adventures. And so okay, he's really good yeah. for supporting these non B thirteen hundred groups because you know he's giving them the money they need in order to operate. Oh, okay. And he also swearing them to secrecy because he doesn't want whatever they're finding getting out to the general public. Because you know, hey, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a businessman. This is intellectual property. These are trade secrets. You understand? You have to sign an NDA to get money from me. So I had see I had a completely different result in my campaign when we ran them because in my campaign when we ran that mission that the team 
I wouldn't say befriended him, but they came to that that sort of understanding with him, like from square one, because I think he ended up helping them take down the Pittsburgh Ripper. Yeah, so, that's it's, he's supposedly really tough, and if you're running in a beginning a beginning team, you really need his yeah. help. And so they they immediately sort of said, okay, what? So they 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 had a, a sort of truce between him and the bureau fairly early on, but I could easily see, yeah, you could make this guy Albert Wesker from the Resident Evil and his company Umbrella. Right. I mean, sometimes he's your friend, but he always has a, a another a, another. He's you know, got his goals. He thing. will not be per- yeah. dissuaded from his goals. Yeah, he's not. He, he's a as I, as I like to put it, he's a co belligerent, not an ally. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes we're both against the same thing. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, exactly. For now, exactly. at least. Exactly. For now, right, right. So, anyways, so our that's, go- that's our goals said. temporarily align. Yeah. Right. So now you know, and and of course, there's always going to be some some group of people associated with occult bookstores. You know, it's such a rich. Source. I mean, every every occult bookstore can have you know either a a group of people that are into uh, uh, you know into into Wicca, or they can be a D and D group, or another type of role playing group, or they could just be into uh, uh, Native American spiritualism, or you know they. You know, they could actually be like Buffy the Vampire, you know, because they always went to the bookstore, yeah, right? the yeah, library, yeah. you know, to get information, you know. And sometimes weird stuff would come in to the li- you know, to the bookstore. Sometimes people would come in and trade stuff to the bookstore because they knew that they could get a good bargain on this item because the people in the bookstore actually knew that it was more than just what it looked like. It was really rare. You know, and they knew that if they tried to put it on the open market, somebody who really wants it would kill them yeah. for it. You know, better to take half price, you know, and 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 walk away with your money than to, to go for the the full market value and never. Yeah, spend. yeah, because you can't take it with you, folks. So, you can't take it with you. Right. You don't want that target. No, no, no. Right, but but anyways, so there there's probably lots of groups associated with occult bookstores and uh we create created a few of them uh in the supp in the in uh in the bureau 13 supplements but really i love people are always like my uh, my players in bureau 13 are always like is there an occult bookstore in this town no matter what the adventure is i'm like hmm and i go to what i go to google and i type in occult bookstore for uh uh, uh warm springs Arkansas, and there was one. Okay, so, <laughs> so I populated it with 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 you know characters, and they went over there to buy stuff and ask questions and and things like that, and, and sometimes get leads. You know, you you, you get it allows you to have leads. Yeah. they weren't they weren't really hunter groups. They were more of uh, yeah, they were like the Watchers in Highlander. They just kept an eye on things, and they have. Or no, in Nightbane, what is it? The the Palladium game, the Seekers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the so, Men of yeah, Letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them cool. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Unless unless you know, uh, unless somebody was actively something had happened to one of the people in the group, 
okay, and therefore everyone decided to, to band together and 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 uh, you know get some justice or at least put down the you know eliminate the danger. Most of the time, they're they're more of a passive as they say, information gathering group. Yeah, you're getting a bunch of librarians going up against a demon, and it's like, no, there are times you need bigger guns. But they, yeah. t they tend to be somebody who knows somebody who can help you. Yeah, yeah, they'll know the guy. Oh, yeah, I have this guy that works in a museum. He has access to a magic sword, or I know this person. They're a chemist, and they know the Banes, and yeah. Yeah, and, and as we mentioned in an earlier podcast about Banes, Hero 13 is like one of the few games out there that really puts a big emphasis on Banes using, you know, common, every, well, mostly everyday items as a means of, of of hurting and even destroying the supernatural. I mean, you don't, yeah. you don't have to have supernatural powers in order to fight the supernatural. I mean, it helps, but, you know, no, yeah. But regular people using Banes can... Yeah. Can can do the job, and originally they didn't have anything yeah. but Bane's. Oh no, no! When when the original Baker's Dozen was there in Bureau Thirteen Black Powder, it was guts and guns, and they had Bane's. And okay, yeah, I remember it wasn't until the eighteen eighties when they got the Witch right. and the Alchemist. I mean, they had on some board. holy water. They had some uh, silver topped uh, canes, or maybe swords. That was it. That's all they had. Yeah. They, and, and a lot of gumption. So and yeah, half remembered the, uh, folklore. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, and fire, fire. Yeah, yeah, works yeah. Against mm -hmm. a lot of critters. <laughs> oh no, I, I saw this this on on again the patented Bruce Sheffer outline. Groups associated with occult bookstores. All I'm thinking is Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yep. Raise cult. Open till midnight. <laughs> yeah. Give my love to the yes. coven. Bye. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. You're hitting on a sore point for me because you know I really hated the fact that they. After doing what they did, they 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 sidelined them so badly in the second movie, and then you know, and then and they did it again, and they basically sidelined them again. And I'm like, come on, you know, this is where somebody like the bureau should have stepped in and said, "You guys need to come work for us," okay, or or something, uh. or let's support you, you know. But it's, but they didn't. It was just you know. I, I, I have a pro, you know, I, 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 I posted something recently on Reddit saying, I just don't understand why, you know, in, in Ghostbusters, there is no government response team, at least designed to go after Omega level threats or, you know, some really high level stuff. Keep the, let, let the Ghostbusters International franchise handle the, the, you know, the slimers and such, but anything above a certain level, you know the the quote professionals should step in and 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 do the job. You know, but they don't, and I just I just find it weird. You know, from a conceptual part. That's because they tried to go in as the EPA with Walter Peck, but they got they got bullied out of it. You know, I I hate to yeah. say this, okay, because Walter Peck was terrible, okay. But the he was fact a weasel. Is, is that he yeah. was right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay? <laughs> they had. And, and, and remember. I mean, that stuff was toxic. I mean, you know, there was. Yeah. I mean, there was, they had. They, they were hot, putting stuff on that grid. Malevolent spirits, okay? A, a, a clear yeah. present danger, but he couldn't believe what they really had, so he imagined it as being some kind of toxic waste dump. You know, and yeah. and ended up releasing them in mass to the entire uh, metropolitan yeah. New York area. 
Not to mention the unlicensed nuclear accelerators. There's that. Yeah, and whatever the yeah, strapped is. on yeah. their back, and, yeah. Uh, of course, you know, or, uh, uh, Egon was uh, engaging in mental scanning, you know, uh, cobbled together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Who knows what, yeah. what kind of x-rays or whatever that was putting out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, uh, and then to move on to something again from those three supplements from the 1990s from Outpost Games, uh the House of Shrift. Uh, you guys probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but this was a religious order that was uh, that hunted werewolves for the purpose of curing them. Okay, I think I remember these guys now. Yeah, we're gonna hunt you down, but we're gonna make you better. Yeah. Wait a minute. And, but, and, wasn't and, it? Go ahead. Wasn't it that they would hunt you? They would capture you, mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, I think you got the choice. You, if you wanted to be cured, you would fight one of because they were all werewolves themselves, isn't that correct? No, no, no. They, they oh weren't. no, I think I remember now. No, they were all cured, but you would f- no, they weren't. Huh. Okay, I mean, yeah, some you of them explain. might have been, but uh, the point was is that there was a ritual that they could go through. Okay, that would transfer the curse from the person who was a werewolf to one of them, okay. at which point they would then be killed uh, with a silver dagger. Okay, that's what it was. Okay. Right. I remember so that, that essentially, they would pull I, the curse it, out of you. Right. Yeah, it, it's an expiation. Uh, okay, I am curing you at the cost of my own life. Why am I doing that? Each Each individual member of the group had their own reasons. Maybe they'd been cured... At some point in the past, it was, the, and they thought it was their turn. Someone did okay, it for me, so now I'm doing now. it they, for you. Okay, uh, maybe uh, uh, they had done horrendously evil things themselves, and the uh, yeah. this was their way of, you know, even you know, uh, evening the books a little bit. You know, uh, I've got some red in my ledger. I want to take it out. Yeah, right. right. You know, uh, you know, it's there's it could it could be. An actual act of, you know, uh, of faithfulness. The fact that you know, I'm trying I'm, to get into heaven. Yeah. Well, no, I I already know I'm going to heaven. Okay, but you are damned. Okay, and by doing this, I will die and go to heaven, and you will live, and can, and and you will have a true opportunity now to become the, you know, to 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 you know. Uh, have a religious conversion and get into and heaven you too. Your second chance. So basically, ah. we're raising this act is raising the number of people going to heaven. Therefore, an innately good act. Ah, okay. So, I mean, there's a lot of motivations for it, but a lot of it is is because somebody did something for me in the past. You know, and paying it forward, and I am pay I am paying it forward. Yeah. Ah, got it. Yeah, that's the idea. So, um, and uh, you know, and there's a you know. And, and, and the people that were involved, a lot of them were priests, you know, the Roman oh, yeah. Catholic priests, and you know, and and, and who might have reasons to um, expiate. So, anyways, but that's you know, uh, we we basically uh, in my campaign we cured somebody uh, of of this condition because of this, uh, and uh, he uh, the the. The player character, by the way, did not appreciate that. He liked being a werewolf. I took, I basically took it away from him, you know. But it was after some bad things had happened. Yeah. So uh, I said, you know, well, I think at this point, uh, you 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 crossed a line uh, where you can say you have it under control. 
So they, they, they're stepping in and doing something about yeah. it. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the House of Shrift. Okay, it is in, um, uh, it, it's in the um, uh, Screams in the Night supplement from Outpost Games, um, and uh, which brings us to to the final one of my list, which are counterfeit B thirteen groups. Um, and that is actually, uh, I'm not, I, I didn't check as to who wrote this. I don't think I wrote it. I think it, it might have been submitted by, uh, Richard. I, I can't remember. Um, let me see here. Um, if I can find that. But the idea is, is that, uh, there have been, again, everything that's in these supplements, Richard has says, is canon. So it's part of the Bureau 13 storyline, whatever. But there, there have been times where people have, oh yeah, it's, it's the Bureau file, Atomic Toddlers. And that came from J.P. Withers. Ah! Is the real person that the character is. Yes, folks, remember, yeah, yeah. But the point is, is that they it was a really bad situation where the team was dying, you know, in the encounter. And this other group called Team Blackwind, led by a certain Agent Swan, uh, shows up you know, at the, at, at the 11th hour and throws their weight behind the team and ends up carrying the day. And then, you know, there's a, you know, there's, they, they give the sign counter signs and all that stuff like that, fist bump, and they turn around and they, they leave. And then they were, uh, and then the age, the, the team uh, goes and reports it, you know, back to the Bureau. And the Bureau says, there is no Team Blackwind. There is no Agent Swan. Who did you talk to? Who were these people? And they're like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, here we have to use the line, the immortal line from Wayne's World, excuse me, baking powder. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and and maybe this is a time slip. Maybe this is somebody from the future who's come into the past and is rescuing them because causality requires that these people survive. Maybe it's uh, somebody from an alternate dimension crossing over and uh, uh, and it's it's a a team that's never existed except in an alternate universe oh I like that idea yeah. yeah maybe it's you know angels in disguise okay who knows it doesn't matter it's is the fact that they exist and uh, uh, and you're welcome to use them so all I would say is that I would not I would not consider them to be Shadowworks teams posing as B-13. No, 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 no. Yeah. They're actually, you know, so they're counterfeit B-13 teams. And it could, yeah, I, I would have, it's just, they know of the Bureau because they found out something, let's say, from a dying agent. Oh, yeah, we can do this. We've got money. We've got guns. We have, you know librarians who know about Baines. Yeah, we can do this job. What's the worst that can happen? Famous last words there, by the way. Um, yeah, no, I, I could see them as, if anything, a really good red herring to keep the players on their toes. What do you mean there's no such team? Excuse me? Yeah. I almost want to see this as an, an just some stray offshoot after the Massacre of 77. Some group of Bureau agents that didn't go Shadow Works and weren't reabsorbed into the main bureau that just kind of did their own thing. Do their own thing. They're literally yeah. the people that went underground and, and their kids find their job. Yeah. You know, at one point. Some wannabe say, well, legacy type. Oh, kids find, a, kids find their parents' book and take up the family thing. What kind of stupid idea? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, honestly, it was a stupid idea. I mean, 
Those poor people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ten, thir- with f- 13, 15 seasons of, 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 of suffering caused by, you know, by just because they followed in dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, the last thing I have here is um, creating a non-B13 hunter group. He says, what, uh, what, you know, the first thing is, what do you need in order to make an effective group? Oh, no, I'd say, yeah, definitely the tech guy. The guy that, yeah. you know. And here we're talking about, some some of this we're talking about roles. Some of it we're talking about research. Yeah. So, yeah. De- so, he's, uh, you're talking about the gear yep. maker. Okay. Can't do the job if you don't have the tech. And even if it's just, yeah, I'm the guy that makes the Banes. Fine, still, we got shotgun shells. And again, we mentioned this on a previous podcast, Bruce and I. Uh, the Hellboy movie where Hellboy had the bullets with like five different banes with, you know, his gun baby, which was like, what, a four or five shot huge revolver. And it's like silver mistletoe, holy water, cold iron, and this. And I'm like, and you and I both said, wouldn't that like desanctify all those mixing them together? Well, we have the creature of the night specials. The what I call the cotton rounds, where my players called the cotton rounds because they condensed it together. They were like that. It was it was wood uh, uh, covered in silver uh, with a core of uh, cold iron uh, and and packed and basically packed in holy water. So it was blessed. You pull those things out, put them into your clip. You know, at least for a while after you're doing it, it's going to retain that holiness. You got multiple. See, see, that's the thing. You and I, and I think John and maybe Blix back in the day discussed. No, you just have mixed bullets, and you're emptying clips. Sooner or later, you're going to have a bullet that works. If you have a thirty-round clip, you know that six of those shots. If you have five banes intermixing that clip, six of those shots are going to do damage. And in Palladium, or uh, not Palladium. In Pathfinder, if you have clustered shots, oh no, it's going to hurt. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that mixing of the banes together all in one round. I just said it, it like certain things have to be pure. Just well, yeah, okay. that that's I mean, that's that's yeah. fine. Okay, you know, and and like I always told people, I said, you know, that holy aspect of it is not going to last yeah. forever. Okay, but it's the material of the item itself that makes it yeah. a bane, not not the. Uh, you know, not the fact that it's next yeah. to something else, you know, or whatever. I always kind of just treated it as they worked, they just not as effective as a pure, like a bullet made yeah. purely out of that bane. Well, yeah, and, and of course, yeah. it's less material. Right, you know, and you got the guy with the bandolier yep. shotgun shells and the double barrel shotgun, and he just, he shoots something, says, well, that's no good. And he draw, go, goes down to the next section and works his way down the, you know, his bandoliers until... Something, you know, hopefully they've done some research. Ahead yeah. Of them and say, well, if it's this, it's probably going to be one of these banes, whatever. But anyways, yeah, you need a guy who can make the various gear that you need in order to be an effective, you know, hunter. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, there's, uh, and, and so, you know, you're going to need, so there's a lot of things that go into that. But, you know, so you're going to need people that have a, a workspace that they could work with. They're going to probably be engaging in 3D printing on demand. Uh, they're going to have bought the equipment. 
Uh, they may also have a business doing cosplay so they can basically use specialized fabric, you know, because not too many people have, you know, uh, have so have those shark suits, for example. Okay, the fine mesh, right. um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, chainmail. Okay, and uh, you know, but if you're a if you say, hey, I, I have a cosplay business, then you can justify yeah. it up under the radar. And it's kind of kind of depend on what the goal is. If this is a group that's just out to watch the supernatural and not get directly involved with it, you're probably not going to have as much armor and weaponry they're probably going to be more yeah gear and, and which, detection equipment but. well i would say no about the weapons yes about the gear uh, yeah about the protection because you know if you're even if you're being you know even if you're being observant there's always a chance of yeah the hunter the seeker becomes the sought yeah yes indeed Okay, so the gear maker is, I think, is really going to be important. It it doesn't have to be part of the team. If you're part of a larger, you know, a, a, a confederation, you might have people who specialize in that, and that you could go to, you know, to get the gear you need. Just like you know, you've got people who specialize in uh, making custom armaments, people who specialize in making custom arrowheads, people who specialize in making custom armor you know so yeah like there's there's all kinds of they and, and they may not be hunters themselves they just may have well specialized equipment even the guy that makes the pk meter yeah yeah or the curly in detectors yeah all that you still need someone to make all that stuff too right but you need somebody to make these things because, yeah you know you're gonna because you're gonna need it okay and then so jonathan what's what's the second need uh you're gonna need a some sort of hacker, although I don't necessarily think it has to be a computer hacker, but somebody who can get you past security systems of one form or another. You can have the standard computer hacker who can hack into a, a building's security system and shut it down or spoof it for a little while. Or you could have, uh, as we say here, a, a, a member of local law enforcement who can just, you know, escort you in. Or, you know, if if, there, if a call comes through, they can say, oh, I've got it, I'm right there, I'll check it out, and then just not say anything. Right, and and somebody who's like this, you know, would, would have, could have very specialized gear. It, you know, it used to be actually harder, uh, I mean, it was easier to identify people with this sort of thing, because back in the days when things were done primarily over the phone lines, you had phone freaking gear. Oh, yeah. You know, you had stuff that could basically hack the phone system and do stuff, you know, like make calls for free and, and uh, maybe get you into, uh, uh, you know, computer systems and such, you know, uh, because they didn't have any real security back then. They didn't think anybody was actually doing it. You know, firewalls, <laughs> what's those, you know? Uh, and most you ended up with a password scheme, and then you had some kind of a program that would like go through a th you know a, a thousand passwords a second, you know, because nobody ever seems to do what to me is the most obvious thing, which is to say, okay, every time you put in a password, wait five seconds before you let the next password be entered, okay, and if you do that, then if it takes fifty, you know, fifty thousand tries or a million tries this is never going to happen you're going to have to know the password to have any chance of getting through and that's when you start socially engineering people to do that sort of thing and hackers would also know about that 
you know, hi, this is Bob, your supervisor. <coughs> Sorry, I got a cold. Hey, I'm trying to log in, but my password isn't working. Can you reset it, please? Oh. You'd be surprised yeah, how often yeah. that works. Especially back in the day when nobody thought anybody was doing everybody it. Yeah. The hacker was just coming in through but, a computer. I mean, they never expected the hacker to call you. Yes. Yeah, social engineering is a big part of uh, fraud of this kind. So, yeah. Um, so having having somebody with good uh, persuasive skills and being a hacker is kind of the antithesis of how we usually think of them as being these, you know, you know, neckbeard, you know, um, uh, isolated individuals who only want to talk to computer screens. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're, like I said, they're social engineers that get through these kinds of systems and create the back door that the uh, that the other people need in order to do the job. So, yeah, but they will tend to have really good high-end equipment because, after all, I mean, sometimes brute force is necessary. If they're successful enough, I mean, they can afford it. Why not Why not have yeah. the latest toys if you can afford it? Well, I mean, if I'm going to hack something, the first thing I'm going to hack is, you know, is, 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 is you know, if I'm going to commit a crime, I'm going to get paid for it, first <laughs> of all, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to do... It's silly. It's silly to commit crimes, you know, unless you are doing it for a higher purpose. You know, it's silly to commit a crime and not get paid for it. You know, well, well you got to remember, a lot of the people who were hackers, they weren't doing it for the money. They did it, and 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 I've read a few books about the hacker subculture. If you look right. up the book Cyberpunk, like people like Kevin Mitnick, the Condor. Like the Irish say, they did it for the crack. They did it for bragging rights within the culture. Oh, I hacked this. Oh, yeah, well, I hacked this. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. But if you're trying to be part of a, a B-13, a non-B-13 hunter group, you're, you're probably not going to want to, you know, crow about your... Yeah, your, your, fame your and ego do not assessment. need to apply here. So, so you might have come yeah. out of that culture, but, you know, it's one of those things where, the, you know, when they... Uh, uh, when they were looking for test pilots, they always look for the, the first question they ask is, uh, did you ever own a motorcycle? And if you said no, they said, OK, we want somebody who's not afraid to take a risk. And But then if they said yes, the next question is, do you still own a motorcycle? Ah. And they want the person who says no, because, OK, so now they settle down. They, they learn to evaluate. Risk. Yeah, they're more the right person. This is this is, of course completely apocryphal, but I'm just saying is that I've heard this story. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so if you if you have a hacker, you, you know, you you don't really want the person who is you know as soon as they do whatever, you know, they they go on to their hacker group and says, yeah, I hacked, you know, Matthias Bolt. Man, you should see the stuff I downloaded from his server, including that demon. Uh, that could be bad. Yeah, suddenly an internet demon shows up. Yeah, and that's and that's a real thing because in Richard's uh, uh, Hell's Night, uh, he has uh, uh, a uh, basically an AT computer, a very early PC, casting spells. So yeah, <laughs> bad things. So when they talk about black ice, they're not kidding. Yeah. All right. So so that but so I'm just saying is that you know. These kinds of people tend to do these kinds of things. And yes, they do tend to, to advertise what they do if they're not smart. All right. So then there's the members of the local weapon clubs because, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to need to protect yourself, right? Yeah. So you need to be conversant with a whole range of weapons. Certainly, you need to know how to use a shotgun. You need to know how to use a rifle. 
and you need to know how to use a pistol. At the very least, you should know those. And the place to look for them would be gun clubs, archery clubs, shooting ranges, people who own gun stores. And especially people who have Per, who are collectors and have permits for oh, automatic yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The people who, you know, they may not have the firing pins, but, oh, I have a Kalashnikov AK-47 made from 1963. It's my pride of my collection. Yeah, the yeah. firing pins are just in a locked box somewhere, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there was a, there was a kit you could buy off the Internet, you know, years ago until they finally put a stop to it. But you could that you could easily in a home you know garage workshop you know produce the necessary equipment that would turn an AK not AK well yeah AK forty seven or an M sixteen rifle into fully automatic even if you got it in a crippled condition like that oh no no you know the ATF found about that and shut that down yeah but the point PDF is, is that, that information had got out there and i would not yeah the info is still out well there. remember once something is on the internet it is never truly yeah. gone yeah, and there's this yeah. thing called the dark net you know oh yeah anybody you, said you wouldn't tell anybody who wants to and has the machinery can easily convert an m16 ar-15 any of these especially those like family of weapons into fully automatic with and not you know, significant amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's not or much. Yeah, you got just you just yeah you got to look the metal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to look for that blonde guy down in Georgia who does a very good fake Russian accent. He's on YouTube. Yeah, look for him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but the point is, is that these people tend, you know, they'll 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 be known by these people because they, like I said, they're and you know. Um, because unless you have your own shooting range, you need practice. Oh, yeah. Not, you know, they don't work for the Bureau. They don't have Bagger Maine to go and practice. Right, yeah. So they're going to be, you know, doing you know, doing that. Uh, also, um, let's not forget bow clubs, because, you know, a lot of people prefer to, to deliver their banes using uh, uh, bows, especially vampire hunters. Oh, yeah. That wooden stake to the the heart is a lot. Yeah, easier when it's coming at the vampire at uh, uh, six hundred feet feet per second. Yeah. Okay. Um, then, um, of course, you know you're going to need somebody with a travel motorhome, travel trailer, large commercial trailer to carry all this gear and yeah. go on your missions. Right. Someone has to own something like that. You know, and and you and if you got if you tricked it out with a a bane, you know, uh, reloading type setup, you you can't rent it. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Especially when you're making all these modifications, we got to keep up the rent. We got to keep up the rent payments. We can't let this thing get back after while well, we tricked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and then uh, Jonathan, what's the what's the now? This is my list, so you may have some other ideas. What's the the fifth type of person you'll find in so, these kinds of members groups. in auto clubs or owning high performance vehicles i get the auto clubs a bit like the triple a no i was actually talking about people who are oh okay oh like the corvette club my dad was mm, okay. in years ago yeah yeah okay yeah yeah i mean the, the point is is that you, you know you may own a high performance vehicle but you may also want to know about lots of other ones especially those people who have them that they might need to be co-opted 
at, uh, at at a moment's notice. Well, also because a lot of times the and again, my dad is a car guy. Forty years of GM, he had his cars. You know how to trick it out. You know how to put all the, the what's the term that I always use with my dad with the okay. Forty years of GM, his his buyout toy was an 07 Atomic Orange Corvette, and he had little tricks and that that did this and the other, and yeah. You need to know. You need to know the changing out the header. Yeah, you shorten, shortening the exhaust. Body. Yeah, you need to know yeah. the guys who they aren't just collecting these cars. They know how to yeah. tweak and augment them. They are mechanics in of, or they know the people who do. Yeah, and having and and knowing people who can do that kind of yes. work too, like you know the count in counting cars and the. In the, the the television show where he basically customizes cars, you know, and you know you need some customization done, you know. Let's say you know you uh, uh, you want to you want to armor your car. Oh no, um, the scene from uh, Running Scared, uh, I forget the name. It was Billy Crystal, Gregory Hines, but they had the guy, yeah, bulletproof windows on the taxi cab and all this, and yeah, yeah, right, you know. Now some of those things are are very heavy, but you know, um, uh, as we saw in uh, uh, in Terminator Two, you know, you 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 hang, you know, you, you put a layer of ballistic clo uh, cloth um, or, or or material on the ins on the inside of your vehicle, um, then you know you you have a, a really effective armor against that kind, you know, against people shooting yeah. you. Yeah. You know, you, if you can. And you have a regular car, but you have these hooks up on the sides of the windows. So when something happens, you just hang, you know, ballistic vests all along your windows on the side and in the back. And now you don't have to worry about somebody shooting through it and uh, or at least not easily shooting through it and uh, taking you out, you know, with uh, machine gun fire or uh, uh, or shotgun fire or things like that. I mean, it's, it's not perfect. Nothing is. But I'm just saying is that and otherwise, under normal circumstances, your car looks like a normal yeah. car. So, you know, being able to, you know, um, gear up, you know, have your yeah. set so you can easily gear up is a good thing. Not, not everybody, you know, has uh, super high luck like they did. And uh, they talked about finally at the end of, of uh, uh, Supernatural, where it's like, why? Why does your credit cards still work? Why do your phones still work? How come nobody ever tells you to open the back of the trunk and see all those guns and knives and things like that sitting in the back of your trunk? Nobody ever does because they had supernatural luck. No, no. We all know what it was. It was plot immunity. Yes, thank you very much, folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. It literally was God. It was oh, God. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Hey, spoilers here, folks. This is like season... 12 or 13, they find out because they were the God's favorite people to write about because he was posing as a writer. Oh, yeah, he yeah. He gave them supernatural luck so that these sorts of things yeah. never happened. And when and then when they got on the wrong side of God, they actually had to go to somebody else, who another supernatural entity who had supernatural luck to grant it to them to basically get back in the yeah. game again, which happened. So yeah, it's uh they they so but anyways, most people don't have that going for them, right? So, right. So members in auto clubs uh, or auto enthusiasts groups 
or owning themselves high-performance vehicles because sometimes you need to get there fast. And if you don't have somebody who can do teleport, yeah. then, you know, you better have somebody who can, you know, you know, drive like, like a bat out of hell yeah. down the city streets, you know, and, and outrun the police. Basically, or, yeah, we can just two, two, four words to, to get a car guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are, is, is there any other things that you guys could think of that would fall into people, you know, would characterize people who are part of a non-bureau hunter group, more general? I think we may have covered all that because if we bring up something, it's going to fall under one of the five that you listed there. I was going to say like okay. a subject matter right. expert, but so, a lot of these, you could have somebody who, who double duties on that, you know. I think that might be the hacker, as in he could get, get it, info. That doesn't mean he's, he necessarily is the one who is reading and, and studying it all. He could easily pass it off to the to the car guy whenever he's not, you know, networking. So you'd say number six is the researcher, the SME, so that per- the SME. That per so that person would be like part of all the online, you know, cryptid groups, or, yeah, you know. Um, you know, various things like that. They would be the ones that are in all the they're chat in all the forums. And... They're in all the chat. They're they're reading all right. the the dark web posts and the right. non dark web Reddit threads and all that. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. And so, if the bureau goes and does a search for people with any of these characteristics, and then starts drawing links between people as they can do, it would be very hard for the Bureau to identify really good candidates for these non-Bureau groups because they basically out themselves by being associated with each other. And, you know, because you go on social media and, you know, all those pictures and say, who's in the same picture with these other people because they went out on a picnic or we all went to see the, you know, uh, uh, you know the new the new Star Wars release. And it shows them together on social media. Yeah. And there's just a bunch of people going up, but they're all together. So... Oh, no, the Bureau AIs would pick up on that. Oh, yeah, just okay, we have this and this and this and this. And oh, yeah, no, this links, yeah. Right. So what I'm saying is, is that this is one way that the Bureau would basically be able to find some of these hunter groups, you know, with, you know, even if they're doing a really good job of keeping it on the QT. Yeah. Because using AI, using you know smart algorithms, you, yep. pulling in all, all you know, because you know they're hard you know, scraping websites and you know and especially social media sites for pictures and things like that, and just drawing. And a, a lot of times people go in and they identify the people that are in the pictures with their names. Yep. You know, so I'm just saying is that you know if if you as the GM want to have an adventure where the bureau is basically coming to the assistance of a of a local uh, non B thirteen hundred group that might have bit off more than they can chew. There are reasons why the bureau would be aware of them. Yep. And then when you say, "Hey, there's an account. There, we have a reason for you to go investigate something." Oh, and hey, in the same area, there's this group that we think might be a hunter group. Watch out for them. They may already be there. Try to keep them alive if you can. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So, you know, just to, you know, Bureau 13, if you do it right, is a vast, uh, interconnected, um, you know, 
rich intellectual property. Yes. Okay. I mean, you can play it as in you're being the bureau, your team is issued orders, you go out and fight this vampire in complete isolation from everything else. But if you want to create a web of intrigue and 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 dark information, it's there. The information, you know, and there are ways of identifying these various things. And we, we talked about that in earlier episodes about how to identify, you know, non-B1300 groups now. We've talked about how to identify interdimensional incursions. We've talked about how to identify, how to, how to you know, find, you know, covens of witches and other types of things. I mean, this is, you know, we, we've done a lot of that in, in this podcast about saying, hey, if you want to do your adventure and you want about something, Here's how you can bring the agency in in an organic way that makes sense and makes the players feel like you know they're they're entering into a a scene you know into a situation that's already things are already happening. Yep. Because that's usually how it yep. is, anyways. Something's happened. That's why you're doing the adventure. But there might be other people involved, you know, that are you know, might have their own agendas. And these are, you know, and this is this is how you find them. This is how you find the adventures. This is, you know, how you make adventures that are richer and more exciting for your players. So anyways, that's that's what we're really trying to do here with this particular episode is to talk is to give you basically resources to create these groups of people that can enhance your play by creating either you know, rescue objects or backups or uh, possible new team members uh, or just something to make it, you know, make this the uh, the adventure a little bit more complicated or a lot more complicated. Uh, would this be all under what you call bringing more of that awesome to your game, sir? I hope that it does bring awesome. All righty then. Just wanted to make sure. Yes. Yes. This is, that's why, this is why we're gaming on the frontier. Oh, yeah pushing that envelope all right anyways thanks everybody for listening to us uh hope that you will use this uh at least part of it and uh, and again as always if you do please let us know that you did and how it worked out for uh, you. may i list the contacts real quick please do okay fans of gaming on the frontier podcast on facebook bureau 13 agents everywhere on facebook uh itunes leave a rating our Podbean page, tritechsystems.podbean.com. We are on Spotify. Give a good rating there. And contact the three of us on social media. We're there. We have a Facebook footprint everywhere. We are more than happy to answer any and all of your questions regarding any topics on this podcast. Right. And if you don't find us on your favorite podcatcher, please send an email to bsheffer at aol.com. Oh, yes. And uh, that's B as in boy, S-H-E-F-F-E-R at aol.com. And, um, uh, and and tell us, and we'll make sure we get on, we get on your, pod, your, your podcatcher. All right, because we want to make sure that you have, you, you never have a, a hard time getting the goodness that we produce. All right, well, thanks everybody for listening. We will have more for you next week, but you'll have to wait. Until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. 
is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.